Hi, I'm David. And I'm Aaron. And you're listening to The Travel Bros. So today is June 11th, and it is our first episode of The Travel Bros in the summer. Today we're going to be talking about something really unique, and before we talk about that, I think it's important to note that I'm about to go on a trip to Europe, and Aaron's about to go on a trip to Japan, and so when we get back, our next, at least our next episode, but probably even the next two, will be about our trips, and I'm really excited for that because we'll get to tell a lot about firsthand experience. Yeah, I'm super excited about that too. You know, a lot of these episodes, we have to do a lot of research, which we enjoy because uh, it's cool learning about new places, but we're glad that for the next couple of episodes, or at least the next one, we're going to get to show y'all and teach y'all about a place that we've been to firsthand and tell y'all what we enjoyed about it. So on this podcast, we've talked about a lot of things from tips and tricks to, uh, to save money, cruise ships, airline points, hidden gems, things that a lot of people don't know about, but we've never talked about traveling solo and things that are especially important for solo travel. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this because solo travel is something that's a big theme in the travel industry. Uh, A lot of people don't talk about it, though. And so we're going to be focusing on backpacking and meditation retreats. So I'm going to start off by talking about backpacking. Backpacking is extremely adventurous. Many people, especially young individuals, engage in it. Um, So a lot of times they go backpacking, and it's just something that people do when they're young. But more importantly, it's very popular for solo travels. Uh, solo travelers because it offers a lot of independence and a sense of freedom. Yeah, that's true because I know, I think my dad did some backpacking when he was in his 20s, uh, but he wasn't solo. I think he was with some friends and this may have been like during or after college or something like that. And I think they did it in Europe, Uh, but it does give people a sense of freedom to, you know, just kind of go around a continent all by yourself. It's kind of fun. So the first place I'm going to be talking about is Pai, Thailand. Now, Pai, Thailand is a really good place to go backpacking for several reasons. There's a laid-back atmosphere, and there's a lot of beautiful landscapes, Um, and that's specifically what makes Pai such an attractive backpacking destination. There's waterfalls, hot springs, caves, and even a canyon. Um, And then again, there's a lot of local culture, so there's night markets, live music, and a lot of outdoor activities like hiking and river tubing. I would be so excited to come here, but I don't know what I would be more excited for, the culture or the landscapes, because both of those things are like amazing, and I don't know what I would be more excited for. What do you think? I mean, I think a lot of the outdoor stuff is really cool. Like, it'd be fun to go river river tubing. I mean, I love doing that, like on the natural lakes and rivers in Texas. It's always fun. Uh, But I don't know. The food is so good that I'd have to like count that as part of the culture. So I'd, I'd have to say the culture because I like Thai food a lot. I mean, I would have to agree. I would say the culture is more exciting just for me because the landscapes, even though they're beautiful, you can get pretty landscapes in the United States or near where we live, but you can't get as much of a different culture where we live. Obviously, you can still get a little bit uh, by meeting people from Thailand and things like that, but you can't get the same type of culture that you do by actually going there. Right. And another place I'd like to talk about is Cinque Terre in Italy. And um, within this, like, part... There, it's a collection of coastal villages along the Italian Riviera, and there's hiking and scenic trails that connect five villages on the Riviera, which is really cool. And then you can enjoy swimming in clear tur- uh, turquoise waters, and uh, you can eat Italian cuisine and stuff like that. Uh, and I love Italian food, so I would love doing that. And for people who like wine, they have plenty of vineyards there that have local wines, which is really cool. And then you can also like look at the calming at- atmosphere of this 
Um, really like a lot of people love taking pictures here. Uh, they say it's like very photogenic destination. Um, so a lot of people do that. Uh, but for me personally, I would just kind of lay on the beach and enjoy, you know, the water and swim around. What do you think, David? I, I mean, I don't know what I would do, but what I think is cool is that there are, it's not like if you go on a trip and you go to different cities and you either have to drive a few hours or fly in between cities here, there's multiple villages. So it's not one but you can hike and it actually connects the villages. I think that's so cool because it's not like everything's in one. It's not like you're in one city, but at the same time, it's not like you're going to different places. It's like, it's, it is different places, but you hike in order to get to them and they're near each other. So I just think that's so cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool too, how they're all kind of connected, you know, through that one, you know, one system of trails. I think that's actually really awesome. And I think it's nice too, because it gives you something to do during the day. Maybe you, you know, like choose one night at each place or two nights at each place. And then you get the experience of a trip within a, one city in town, but then you also get the experience of going to different places. Yeah, and I don't want to switch this over too quickly, but when we were doing research, um, I really enjoyed looking at that topic that David went into called Salar, or Salar de Uyuni, and it's in Bolivia. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I, I wish I would have had that as one of mine. Yeah, so in Bolivia, um, it's the world's largest salt flat. So it, a salt flat is essentially like an old lake um, that's now um, just ground covered with salt. Um, of course, it also has other minerals, but mostly it's just salt. And it's really unique because we don't have a lot of that, or at least for Aaron and me, it's really unique because we bear, we don't have any of these near where we live. And so salt flats are something that's so like unique and special. Um, and we never, never like see them. And so when although I, I think we have, it, I think we actually have one in Texas, like a really big one in Texas. Really? Um, yeah. Wait, I, look up what it's called. Um, no, we don't have any salt flat. I know there's one. There is one big one. Um, or maybe I'm maybe I, I saw some video on Instagram or something like that of this like big salt flat that people were walking across in Texas. That may have been somewhere else because I don't think they have any. We'd have to make, I mean, you can make a whole episode though about, you know, all these like hidden stuff in Texas, but that's a whole nother thing. So I I mean, something about how big the salt flat is in Bolivia is really cool to me, but also there's an island with a lot of cacti and uh, flamingos and the lakes. And it's just overall breathtaking, um, the beauty um, of the scenery. Apparently the sunsets are really cool there, but more importantly, the stargazing. A lot of people come here just to stargaze, which I'm not necessarily into that, but a lot of people are. I'm, you know, I'm not judging you. Yeah, I mean, I would. That's kind of boring, to be honest, but I mean. I wouldn't be surprised because normally places that have like less light pollution, you can see the stars a lot easier at night. And especially with us, like no matter what time of night, you'll still see light light pollution, you know, because we live in Houston, so you can't really see stars. So I I can see why people would want to go here to stargaze. But yeah, overall, I just think it's really cool how it's a salt flat. And there's also, you know, flamingos and there's animals and, you know, natural beauty in that. So to me, that's really cool. Right. And I'd like to talk about our next part of this episode, which is meditation retreats. Uh, And this is another type of solo traveling. And um, people go on meditation retreats for various reasons, including connecting with nature, seeking calmness, and exploring their beliefs, especially in like Buddhism, which is a really big one in Southeast Asia. Um, And then meditation retreats are perfect for solo travelers because they provide a serene environment for self-reflection and mindfulness. Uh, So again, this is, you know, kind of if you want to have like a mental break from a lot of stuff, or if you just want to kind of go on like a, you know, spiritual self-guided journey or something like that. Um, But David, can you tell me about, you know, a couple of cool places to do that? Yeah, there's there's a lot of medi- uh, meditation retreats, which was one of the things that I thought was interesting. I didn't expect there to be so many, but we are going to talk about 
uh, a few of them today. And number one is Spirit Rock Meditation Center in the United States. So it's in Marin County, California, and this place offers just a beautiful environment for meditation, and it's one of the highest rated mindfulness retreats. Now, the thing that they specialize in here is insight meditation and guided meditation. So it's it's uh, specifically on meditation. Obviously, it's a meditation retreat, but it's that's what really they focus on here. Um, the retreats uh, durations, there's a lot of them. You can do a weekend retreat that's even only two or three days, but you can also do a month-long retreat. Now, something that I personally would not be interested in is doing a silent retreat, which they also offer here. I can't be quiet for an hour, let alone a month. Can you imagine doing that, Aaron, like being silent for that long? No, I couldn't. It's it's really hard for me to keep quiet for, you know, even five minutes. So I couldn't imagine it for any longer than that. But, you know, that's kind of what the point of these meditation and spiritual journeys are, is just kind of test yourself and see, like, who you are and, like, try to, you know, push yourself to things you haven't done before. So I think it'd be kind of fun. I mean, I, I would maybe want to try it, but I don't know if I could do it. I may need to, like, chicken out in the middle of it, huh. but I don't know. But I'm here's something I'd like to talk about, too. It's this place called Watswan Mok International Dharma um, Hermitage, and it's in Thailand. And so it's located in the forest of southern Thailand, and this center, like, follows the Thai forest tradition. Which I don't know a lot about, but I would I would like to know more about that. Yeah, so I'd, I'd have to get a big, better understanding about it. But then um, more about this place is that it offers a 10-day silent meditation-like retreat that um, incorporates mindfulness practices, uh, which is just kind of sitting and walking meditation, dharma talks, and noble silence. Um, so I think all of this kind of falls in line with like Buddhism. Buddhist, yeah, Buddhist beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know too much about Buddhism, but most of these meditation retreats are very intertwined with it, and that's right. what they focus on. So I mean, I don't know. We could ask a Buddhist like more about specifically what is so what what is the best part about these retreats. But there's a lot of things to do here, right? And you know, you can see this all across, you know, Southeast Asia and just Asia in general, because Buddhism has spread all throughout China and India and all of these areas. Like it's even gone as far as Indonesia and all of those. It's so all you around can the see, world, right? So you can see it everywhere, which is really cool. And you can see all these old spiritual places that you can go to. Now, there's we all we talked about Thailand with the meditation retreat, and we also talked about the United States. But there's also one in India that's really well known called Damagiri. Now, it's located in um, Maharashtra, Maharashtra, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, and this is one of the largest Vipassana meditation centers globally, so in the entire world. Now, here they offer 10-day silent meditation retreats, kind of like what we were talking about, and here is more strict than the other ones because um, in India, at this meditation retreat, they follow a strict daily schedule that involves long periods of sitting and walking meditation, discourses, and individual guidance from teachers. Now, I'm going to be honest, Aaron, I would have absolutely no interest in going on a vacation where I would have to follow a strict schedule that I don't even like. I mean, who knows, maybe people like it, but I don't want to go on a vacation to be forced to do something. That's true, and I think it kind of goes against, you know, a lot of the point of, you know, Going solo on a, traveling. yeah, solo traveling, because it takes away a little bit of that freedom, and if anything, I think it it's most similar to like a school trip, you know, where you just kind of go on something and they take you wherever they want to take you, um, and you know, some of them can be great, and I'm sure a lot of people like enjoy stuff like this, um, but for me personally, and for people who I'm assuming want to, you know, go on a free uh, journey by themselves, 
I don't know if this is the right thing for them, um, but I know that a lot of people do enjoy it, which is why we included this on the list. And that's one of the biggest things to me uh, when we talk about solo travel. One of the biggest differences between a meditation retreat and backpacking. Both of them are two of the most popular things to do alone and solo, but backpacking is more like adventurous that a lot of people do. And the meditation retreat, a lot of people go on those as well, but they're more calming and they're less adventurous, they're more relaxing. So it it really depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, that's true. So there's a lot of stuff you can do. And as mentioned, and all of these things, you know, you can go from Italy to Asia and to South America, and you can do plenty of stuff like backpacking and plenty of outdoor adventures. And you can also do a bunch of spiritual stuff, which is really cool. Um, But the main thing is just find something that you enjoy. And um, we are glad to have shared this brand new type of travel with y'all that we haven't, you know, shared with y'all before. We're glad that we shifted from, you know, cruise ships and hotels just for at least one episode to get to talk to y'all about solo traveling. And David, what do you have to say? I just want to say that uh, same thing that you just said, and we hope you learned something new. And uh, Aaron and I are looking forward to sharing our next episode with you about our trips. Thank you so much for listening. And this was the Travel Bros.